0: It's rivalry week in college football. Let's go, baby. Week 12 of the Laners College Football Pod. A quick recap of last week, a little rankings reaction, and then let's look ahead to this week, make some game picks, circle some games that we need to look out for. Hey, starting it off, I'm going to give a shout-out to Missouri. They've had an incredible year. They held on. Harrison Meavis with another game-winning kick. We covered him week three. That game-winning kick, that 60-plus yarder against Kansas State. I've seen that they're calling him the thicker kicker. That guy's a legend, dude. Harrison Meavis, we love you, bro. I actually DM'd him and was like, Harrison, we want you on the pod, bro. But we didn't hear anything back. So if we ever hear anything back, we'll have Harrison Meavis on the pod. He's got ice in his veins, man. He just does it every time. He does. We love him, man. Huge, huge fan of Harrison Meavis. Georgia rolled. Absolutely whooped up on Tennessee. Just dominant, man. Ohio State rolled. They looked real good against Michigan State. Mich- Michigan looked shaky. Michigan looked shaky. Maryland down at the wire. Tualia with the tough throw from the end zone results in a safety to end the game. But Michigan, for two weeks in a row now, against the only two teams that have had decent records this year, have looked shaky.
1: I, I agree with you. I, I am not still not buying the Michigan hype. I know they talked about on the rankings how losing Jim Harbaugh has no impact. They look strictly on the team, how the team performs, and they haven't performed that well, especially in games against a decent opponent, have not been impressive at all.
0: Yeah, which have only been these last two weeks.
1: And they again, I know they didn't just win by one
0: score against Penn State, but I highlighted to y'all that if Penn State would have just taken point after attempts, it would have been a one score game, and then they only beat Maryland by one score as well. JJ McCarthy looked bad, in my opinion. A couple interceptions, but a couple near interceptions, bad decisions. Now here's the deal though. Michigan looked really bad, but they still can play Ohio State tough. It's a home game for them. They're still hungry. And if they can control possession and the running game, then they can make it a tight game and beat Ohio State, in my opinion. But I, I think Ohio State, we'll, we'll give our game picks later, but I just think
1: Ohio State looks like the more complete team. So. And then we can, we can transition into looking at Texas. I mean, they, they looked pretty shaky against Iowa State this past week. Iowa State is always due for a big upset every year. Yeah. But unfortunately, they couldn't pull this one off. Nonetheless, though, Texas still looks a little shaky. I'm not convinced. They do, and they've trended down,
0: in my opinion. Like, there's some teams that are surging right now. Obviously, we're Alabama fans. They're surging. Ohio State, they're looking better as the year gets later. Georgia, looking better as the year goes on. Texas has looked worse as the year has gone on. They started the year hot. Obviously, they had the Quinn Ewers injury, which is tough. But something that we've highlighted on the pod is a team that just doesn't close out games. Uh, Against a sub-500 TCU, they're up big at halftime. They only win by three. You know, okay, they win by 10 against Iowa
1: State, but they never looked good. They never had control of the game. Uh, so, I mean, you, you're looking at their schedule. I mean, they, they three weeks ago, they, they take an overtime game against Kansas State. Yep. Scrapped that one out. They win by three points. Week be, week before that was against BYU. Week before that, a one only touchdown beat, game yep. against Houston. They only beat Houston That's That's by a seven. a team that just is not. They're three and four this year. Yep. They're not a very good team. We're In at the, the second half
0: of the season, the only team that they have controlled and blown out is BYU. And, I mean, whew, I think they're trending downward. And, you know, one of the things that I shared with you, Jonathan, off the pod, is I think that the committee, they kind of pick and choose which criteria per team. They go, all right, this team passes the eye test, so they're ranked here. All right, this team has the resume, so they're ranked here. Oh, this team has the head-to-head, so they're ranked here. You got to consider all things. And you you got to consider all three of those factors. So, uh, man, Texas trending downward. Now, let's get a little rankings reaction. Uh, Man, thankfully I've had a couple days to cool off. But, man, when those rankings came out Tuesday night, Johnny, I was livid. I just think the committee has been so bad. So bad. Atrocious. And uh, I've got a couple notes here. I want to see what you think. But I wanted to point out six teams that I think they got wrong. Um, and, uh, so I'm going to start off with number three, Michigan. So for some reason they decide to to go resume this week and they go, okay, Washington has earned it. They're going to go ahead and surpass FSU. Why'd they stop there? Michigan has no resume. And if you look at the eye test the past two weeks, again, they're trending down. They haven't looked good against the, the somewhat decent competition that they faced. And so I would say Michigan should be down lower than three. Uh, Oregon, again, staying at six. Now, they have zero wins against any teams currently ranked in the top 25. Zero. So why in the world are they still sixth? And here's here's the problem is, again, I know that Reese Davis always says, well, the only week that matters is the last week, the final four rankings. Well, here's what's going to be upsetting. There's going to be some teams that are going to get opportunities to jump Oregon. Well, why not just get it correct now? Obviously, the one that stands out is that number one Georgia, as long as they beat Georgia Tech this weekend, is going to face Alabama in the SEC championship game. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be really upset if Alabama jumps Oregon after they beat number one Georgia. But the reality is Oregon shouldn't be sixth right now. So let's get it right now because their strength of schedule, their strength of record is so weak. They should be lower than Texas and Alabama. And I know we disagree on this one, but I think why in the world did they have two loss Missouri over one loss Louisville? Again, we are huge fans of of Harrison Meebus, of the whole Missouri program. We've given them lots of shout-outs last week. A couple phenomenal players. Eli Drinkowitz has done phenomenal. But I don't get it. Just keep one loss level ahead of Missouri. What are your thoughts there, Johnny?
1: I mean, I, I, I look at this Missouri team as someone that has played a really tough schedule this year. Oh yeah, I mean, their, their two losses come to LSU And come to Georgia. You look at LSU, and that's a dynamic team. Yep. When they're at their best, they are a top-ten team. Yeah. However, all the pieces haven't been there this entire year, but early on this year, it looked like they were all there. Yep. So I'll go ahead and give Missouri the benefit of the doubt. As a two-loss team in the SEC playing tough teams every week. Um, And and
0: I can't argue with that. Louisville's one loss is to a very poor Pitt team, so that's a bad loss.
1: Right. Uh, To this point, I don't know if Louisville has beat a ranked opponent yet. So because of that, I I could be wrong on that. Louisville beat Notre Dame. Okay, that there's their sort of one ranked win, but because of that, I believe that Missouri should be ranked ahead of them, yeah. even with two losses.
0: That's and I it's hard for me to argue with that. They've again taken a tough non conference schedule as well. They beat a good Kansas State team, um, and they've beat a lot of tough SEC opponents. Louisville or LSU is obviously the best three loss team in the country, and uh, Georgia nobody's beat them the last three years. So, <laughs> good luck. Uh, let's go one lower than that. Penn State at 11th. I don't get it. I do not get it. Everyone talked about Drew Aller and he's special and he's different and all this sort of stuff. Dude, Penn State's offense is atrocious. They cannot move the football. And my goodness, they're bad. They're so bad. I get it that their only two losses are to Ohio State and Michigan, but the whole knock on the Big Ten this year is that it is so weak. These teams at the top have played nobody. Now, Ohio State went ahead and beat Notre Dame on the road. That's a high quality win. They've had a much tougher schedule than Michigan and Penn State, but Penn State to me has done nothing to deserve that eleven spot and Then my last piece of beef with this ranking is number twenty one Tennessee uh Tennessee doesn't have an impressive win all year. I saw that Dan Mullen was trolling him and said must be that seventeen point win over Austin P that has them ranked twenty first but they're seven and four they've got nothing to show for.
1: Get them out of the, get them out of top twenty five bring in how, how is an undefeated Liberty ranked below them? Yeah. Granted, I will say, I mean, the strength of schedule, the conference, blah, blah, blah. Tennessee has not looked good against anybody decent that they've played all year. No, they and these losses them in the top are blowouts, 25. too. Yeah.
0: Blowout losses. Got drumrolled by Missouri, crushed by Georgia this past weekend. Alabama whooped them in the second half. I mean, they're, they've taken some bad losses. Why in the world are they at number 21?
1: It's gone downhill quick, so. All right, Josh, now let's transition into uh, what we're thinking here in Rivalry Week, the Ooh. best week of college football. Maybe, I mean, excluding the playoffs, like that's that's debatable, but the best regular season week of college football is upon us. All right, first off, we got the Egg Bowl. Who are you thinking here?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I don't think this is much of a game. Ole Miss has been very impressive to me all year. They only have two losses to two of the best teams in the country, Alabama and Georgia, both on the road. Ole Miss has been very impressive to me all year. I think that last week they started slow and they learned that you can't look ahead. And I think that they'll be prepared and ready to go. I think they'll take care of business. But Mississippi State has a lot to play for.
1: They do. They're 5-6 they're and six right now. They're looking to make a bowl game. Um, so that there is that ship on their shoulder. But I'm with you on this. I definitely got Ole Miss taking this one by by a pretty substantial amount.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. All right, next game we got Oregon, Oregon State. This is a big one. Oregon State didn't look bad last week. I mean, they uh, they held their own destiny. They had the ball at the end of the game. They kind of kicked themselves in the foot a little bit uh, by taking so much off the clock, but they went all in on saying, hey, we're either going to end the game uh, with, with a loss or with a win, but we're going to end the game with the ball and with our offense. And so uh, I really thought that they could have beaten
1: that Washington team. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that, and it's really exciting. It's intriguing to me. Oregon State... Not really a big football school, at all. I mean, there's their team that's kind of quietly made some noises here through the Pac-12. Um, as a conference, that is very top-heavy, but they they've kind of really been quiet. Um, they're climbing up the rankings. They had a really good game against Washington, a quality game for sure. And I'm interested to see what they can do against Oregon this week, but I still think that Oregon takes the upper hand.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to take Oregon in this one as well, but it is of note that Oregon State held Washington, a high-powered offense, one of the best offenses in all of college football, and Michael Penix Jr., a clear Heisman favorite uh, up there. I don't have him as my personal favorite, but a lot of people do. Um, I think that's completely disrespectful to Jaden Daniels. That's for another time to talk about. But Oregon State held Washington scoreless in the second half. Uh, so that's really interesting. But as you said, Oregon has looked so dominant. They've looked really good. Dan Lanning has those guys playing hard. And Bo Nix, of course, is one of the other people in the race for the Heisman. So moving on.
1: The Big Iron win. Bowl.
0: <sighs> At Jordan Hare this year. It's always scary.
1: It is. I mean, that that's a game that you'd really never know what to expect. Records are thrown out the window. I mean, obviously Auburn just lost to New Mexico State. You you really... I mean, that has no impact on this game at all. That's if right. anything, it makes things better for Auburn because yeah. then Bama is buying into the rat poison that Nick Saban always talks about. And that's something that we don't want to see happen because You're Jordan right. Hare, anything can happen there.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like you said, I think that that loss to New Mexico State scares me even more as an Alabama fan because Hugh Freeze is, and that coaching staff are going to have those boys locked in. Like, that... This is going to be a serious week of practice. Dudes are going to be locked in. They're going to be practicing hard. And knowing Hugh Freeze, he beat Alabama twice when he was at Ole Miss. He had some talented players there that are in the NFL today. Uh, Guys like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf that came through that program. And he's going to dial up some crazy plays. And it's going to be madness. And those fans, we've been around some of them this
1: week, they're going to be fired up because it's the Iron Bowl. I completely agree. And, And it being his first season at Auburn, Mm-hmm. It means that much more to him. I mean that that right there could secure his job another three years. Yeah. If he wins this Iron Bowl or the next, that puts a contract extension out there. That that guarantees that he will be there for a few more years. Yep. So this is essentially, I mean, it, it without any doubt is the biggest game of the year for Auburn and for Hugh Freeze. It absolutely is. Uh, of course, I think it goes unsaid. I'm going
0: to take Alabama in this one. I think that, like we mentioned earlier, they are trending upward. Milrow has gotten better with each week, and man, he is playing phenomenal. I think that that defense has shown that they might not always start great, but in the second half, they've been able to make defensive adjustments and be locked down at the end of games. So I think you're going to agree with me on that
1: one. Yeah, I'm also siding with Bama on that one, and that really kind of goes um, unsaid. I mean, Alabama yeah. fans, but... I do think it will be a close game in the first half. I think that Auburn will be in there for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, i am definitely taken Bama there. All right, jumping ahead, um, we're going to look at Kentucky-Louisville. And this is an intriguing matchup, as these are two programs that are predominantly basketball schools and have been yeah. in the past. Um, I can't really say that this has been a talked-about football game in a long time. So what do you think here?
0: Yeah, this is an interesting one, right, because – Like you mentioned, Johnny, this is a team that is not at the top of the SEC in Kentucky. They're kind of middle tier. This year, probably lower tier SEC team. I do want to give credit to Mark Stoops. Like you said, building a good football program at a basketball school. He has done a good job. And I know that some people have thrown his name in the ring for the Texas A&M job just because he's not a flashy coach, but he preaches consistency. He usually has good defenses and a good running game. Ray Davis is a good back there. Uh, I just... Devin Leary, I've never been bought in on him, the NC State transfer. And Louisville's got a lot to play for. Jeff Brum has brought life to that program. They are coming into this game as a one-loss team in the top ten, and they're looking ahead to their chance to play in the ACC championship and be spoilers for FSU. I don't know who I'm going to take. Who are you taking?
1: I'm going to have to go with Louisville on this one. I mean, the, the intriguing thing to me is what it tells us about each conference, is Louisville is the second-best team in their conference in Kentucky. Is in the bottom tier in the SEC. So even if this game gets close, granted it is rivalry week, but it does tell us a little bit about the strength of these conferences individually.
0: Yeah. Outside of that one awful loss against Pitt, Louisville's been a very good team this year. They took care of business against Miami last week. I'm going to agree with you and go with Louisville on this one too. Jeez, the people listening are going to hate us, man. We're taking the same team on every single one. I so know. maybe maybe we'll see some variants here next. Next we're going to go with the Apple Cup. Going out to Washington, all the way in the Pacific Northwest, we've got a 5-6 and six Washington State team traveling to play in Seattle against the Huskies, a number 4 team in the country, freshly in the top four of the CFP, coming off a big win against Oregon State. And uh, But rivalry week, you never know what can happen. Washington State looked really good early in the year. We talked about trends earlier. Cam Ward looked really good, and they've lost four of their last five, and some of those losses have been bad. I mean, you talk about losing to bottom-tier pack teams, losing to Cal, losing to Stanford, losing to Arizona State. Those are teams that I expected Washington State to win, uh, beat those teams, take care of business. So, uh, me, man, it's a home game for Washington. I think it's all Washington.
1: Penix comes out, and he wants to light it up and put up big numbers for the Heisman, too. What do you see there? I'm gonna go ahead and go against you on this one. Crazy prediction. I know that there's not a very high likelihood of this happening. But you look at who Washington has played in the last three weeks and who they have to play next week. You know, yeah. they went from US They went from USC to Utah to Oregon State. All of those games were won within ten points. And those are all ranked opponents. High intensity games. I give them credit. Those are all quality wins in my in my book. Yep. You look at this Washington State game. It's a rivalry, but it is a team with a losing record that you're playing against. You're overlooking this. You know wow. that next week you have to win the Pac-12 championship. You yep. have to beat Oregon. You're already looking ahead to that game. That's where your mind is at. You're not even focused on what's ahead of you. I think Washington State could come out of the gate, have a really good first half, and maybe go from there. I'm not saying that they're gonna. it's going to be a blowout by any scene, but I'm saying that this is the chance to be a dogfight to the very end. And I'll go ahead and say Washington State. Wow. Wow. Okay, you and I go opposite
0: storylines on this, and I actually like your storyline better. I'm a huge fan of that Cam Ward kid. He's only thrown five interceptions this year. He's been phenomenal. Uh, and I said, man, Pennix is going to come out, boat race, and put up Heisman numbers, and you said, watch out, trap game. It's true. They've had a lot of intense matchups. Washington has gone through the gauntlet this year, and they've taken care of business, and they know they've got that rematch with Oregon coming up. They've heard all the noise. Oregon's better. They passed the eye test. Johnny, I love it. Trap game. We'll see how this one plays out.
1: And you're welcome, listeners. We finally took uh, uh, different teams on a game. So Yep. <laughs> there we go. All right. From there, we're going to move on to uh, FSU versus Florida. Another intriguing Ooh. matchup here. A yeah. big rivalry. We're from Florida. We know how big this game is. Huge. What do you think, Josh? Well, obviously, let's talk about last week, first of all. Jordan
0: Travis, we hate seeing that. Uh, You actually got to play against Jordan Travis in high school. South Florida kid from West Palm, my hometown. uh, Played at Benjamin. How about you tell that story real quick, what what happened before that game, when you showed up when you were playing against Benjamin as a freshman, right?
1: Yeah, so I was actually hurt that game, um, and we had a secondary that had a lot of injuries in it. It was late in the season, and Jordan Travis torched us. At the time, he was a Louisville commit, um, I believe he only went there for one year. Yep. But he was dynamic in high school. He's been dynamic in all of his time at FSU. Hate to see that happen. Yeah. Such, such a talented guy. Um, but I will say, FSU, man, they looked a little bit shaky against the North Alabama against Lions. Against your Lions, baby. Yeah. <laughs> First quarter, down 13 and nothing. You know, that, that was something that it, it might not look like a red flag. You know, I think it was overshadowed by the fact that Jordan Travis got hurt. Right. But una is an fcs school that was uh two and eight entering that game yeah two wins in the fcs level and they they jumped out ahead 13 to nothing against fsu against a top four team at their home field yep that should be concerning to some listeners out there to some people and it obviously was as they dropped down in the fifth spot in the college football playoff yeah. ranking and shout out to your boy dude
0: qb yeah. at una come on through two tutties at dope campbell no walters
1: he's a stud he's a great kid um he he's really he's really a good player and it was super cool to see him do that and we we were all rooting for them so hard it was yeah. definitely a really cool moment, moment to see that yeah looking ahead at this matchup i mean they're going into the swamp with their backup quarterback um that's no easy task you know obviously he has some experience um he played really well but that was against an fcs opponent last week um it's going to be a really tough task for him to go into the swamp and uh, compete against uf this weekend
0: It is, and UF is one of those teams that I've said all year on the pod, you just never know what you're going to get. I feel like you're just blindly picking a number out of a hat. Hey, we're going to get the good Florida team this week. Hey, we're going to get the atrocious Florida team this week. Uh, Billy Napier has had some high highs and some low lows this year. They lost bad to a Kentucky team earlier this year. They lost their first week at Utah. But they've also won some huge games, too. And we all know that it is really hard to play in the Swamp. It's widely known as one of the best home field advantages and environments in the college landscape. Johnny, this is a great game.
1: Right. And then when you blow that up and you look at it's the in-state rivalry, these schools are about an hour and a half, two hours from each other. I mean, they're both in the northern part of Florida. Everyone is going to be there. Everyone's yeah. going to be crazy. This is going to be a really tough game for FSU to win, yeah. and it'll really show us what they're made of.
0: And Florida now has that extra boost and excitement of, we're not playing against Jordan Travis, so maybe we should win this game. And Billy Napier's fighting for his job there, and they're fighting to play in a bowl game. So like, there's a lot to play for. Um, Graham Mertz is probably playing to you know see if he can have another year of stability as the starter at Florida. So there is a lot of of action in this game
1: and i am going to be taking the gators i'm going with the gators johnny i'm, I'm gonna have to side with you on this one as well I'm going, wow I'm we're going both with taking the, the upset yeah we are <laughs> going with the gators i mean I, I think just off the sheer fact that it is at the swamp i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with florida i think it's gonna be a really good game it's gonna be a sloppy game from both sides i believe but I believe it's going to be a dogfight in the end. Yeah.
0: And again, I just want to reiterate before we move on to our last game we're going to cover that we hate this for Jordan Travis. We have a soft spot for Jordan Travis. Obviously, we're Alabama fans, but we love the kid, South Florida kid. He's electric. I mean, his journey, too. He and Norvell have been lockstep in rebuilding that FSU program to be, again, a program that is a top five team in the country and and I just hate it for him because I thought this was going to be a playoff team from the beginning Um, Florida State has looked really good and you hate to see the guy's college career ending hopefully he has bright days ahead in the NFL and I think a team will pick him up and hopefully he'll get an opportunity in the NFL because he's a special player and he has meant so much to that program and that fan base
1: looking ahead though the biggest game of them all so what they say we got Michigan Ohio State A lot of stakes here, a lot of different question marks, a lot of stakes. Game is in Michigan, in the big house. What do you think, Josh?
0: Yeah, everybody knows what I think about Michigan at this point. I tried to stay level-headed with them this year. I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. I tried to appease my friends who have played at Michigan or are Michigan fans. But uh, shout-out to our YouTube channel. Go look at the YouTube channel for that clip of how in the world did C.J. Stroud who is the current favorite for rookie of the year, who has even entered into the MVP conversation in the NFL. How in the world did one of the best, most talented quarterbacks that has come through the Ohio state university in recent memory, be the first guy to lose two games in a row since Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan. It's because they're cheating. Oh man. I hope that Ohio state rolls all over Michigan and I hope Michigan drops way out of there. And, uh, I think that the writing is on the wall. I think Harbaugh's out of there no matter what, even if they win. But uh, I just hate it that they've been cheating, and obviously with them accepting the suspension, it shows that it's worse than what we all realize. Um, and so I think Ohio State's going to win this one. Now, if I look at it from a purely football perspective, there is a big trap. That Michigan running game is really good.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. That Michigan running game. If they can get an early lead, and if they can force some turnovers early. Uh, I think that they can control the game, control possession, control the clock, and that they could win this football game. But I I don't think that McCarthy is much better, if any better, than McCord. I know a lot of people love McCarthy. They love him. He's got all the arm talent, whatever, the five-star. I've never been big on McCarthy. I don't think he's ever been tested. And every time that he has been tested, he's lost. They got boat raced by Georgia two years ago. They lost in the semifinal last year to a TCU team that was overinflated. Uh, so I don't see it in him. And without them having the advantage of cheating this year, I think that Ohio State has more weapons, more balance on the offensive side. They've got the best player in the game in Marvin Harrison Jr., so I'm going to go with Ohio State.
1: See, that, the scenario that, that you proposed, you know, get a few early turnovers for Michigan. They have a great defense. I'll give them that. They do. They have a really good defense. Um, If they're able to force some turnovers early on, get a few scores off of that, not field goals, touchdowns, Mm -hmm. they need to jump ahead early, and then you jump ahead big early. Yeah. Um, If that's the case, then they can play some good defense. They can run the ball. They can run the clock out. They have a really good running game, and that's the way that they can win. I just don't see that happening. I really don't. I think even though it is in the big house, even though they're favored to win this game, Ohio State... It has just been the better team. They have. I, 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 the eye test says other like says that Ohio State is the better team. Michigan has looked really shaky since Harbaugh has not been with the team. I have to go with, with Ohio State on this one. And I have to go with Ohio State by a good margin
0: too. Yeah. All right. Wow, dude. Okay. We only disagreed on one game because we both say Ohio State big in this one. We both have the Florida upset over FSU, uh, but the Apple Cup is where we disagree. You've got Washington State with the upset. I've got Washington winning big. Uh, but, man, it should be a fun week of games. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter if we're right or wrong. This is a massive week with playoff implications. A lot of potential shake-arounds in the rankings. And I'm really excited to see what this week holds. Yeah, this is going to be so fun. And just a reminder for y'all, we have been on the brink of chaos the last
0: two weeks. I told Johnny... It has been torture for me as a college football fan with my team outside the top four, just seeing some of these teams at the top that have just been on the brink of chaos but have held on. But that just shows you how great the sport is this year. And this week is going to be like no other rivalry week. It should be fun. I hope you all enjoy it. Hey, I want to leave with one final thought, Johnny, and I want to get your opinion on this. In my opinion, this year would be the best year for not a four-team playoff, not a 12-team playoff, but an eight-team playoff. Take those top eight teams right now, uh, with Georgia at one, all the way down through Alabama at eight, and let's do a playoff with those eight teams. I think that everyone would agree that those eight teams have secured themselves as different from the rest of college football this year, and I think that would be a really fun playoff to see. That would feature two Big Ten teams, two Pac-12 teams, two SEC teams, and one Big 12 and one ACC. That'd be a lot of fun. Of course, it'd be fun to
1: see Jordan Travis healthy and playing in that. But what do you think about that, an eight-team playoff? It would be intriguing, and I think that they should just do a poll all across America right now. Yes or no, eight teams, let's do it. That would be electric.
0: That would be electric. All right, people. This is Johnny and Josh signing off for LCFP. Y'all enjoy it. Let's go. Let's go.